Hello and welcome to the first real episode of BDW, or by the way. I'll be your host, Abby Silverstein. And as I mentioned in the promo episode, I'm pretty nervous to be hosting this podcast. Um, I've never really done this before, but I'm excited to share the information I've learned with you all and for everyone to see my research come to fruition. This episode's topic is a baseline of four major theories on child development. To condense child development down to a roughly 10-minute segment is pretty much impossible. Um, I took a whole semester course on psychology behind child development, so I'm going to do my best to hit the most important points. I wanted to give a bit of a background or a base level of child development because I feel it's necessary in answering the question of how is the internet changing the way children develop? There are several different famous psychologists who have their own theories behind the major stages in child development. I'll run through four of the most prominent and important well-known theories of child development. The first theory I'll teach you about is Freud's psychosexual developmental theory. Freud is often thought to be the father of psychology, and however his theories are not backed up by sound science, Freud's research is pretty controversial and is a huge topic of discussion in the psychology world. His theories are still very relevant in the discussion surrounding child development, and it is important to have a baseline understanding of Freud's theory. Freud's theory is based off the principal belief that childhood experiences and unconscious desires influence behavior. Like many of the theories I'll talk about today, Freud's has several stages of development. He believed there were major conflicts that occurred in each stage, and they each have a major impact on personality and behavior over the course of a person's lifetime. His theory suggests that personality develops over the course of the stages in which pleasure-seeking centers of the brain fixate on certain erogenous zones. Each of the five psychosexual stages, which are the oral, anal, phallic, latent, and genital, are associated with a source of pleasure. Conflicts that occur during each stage help build or suppress development. Early conflict can determine later development and healthy personality depending on how they are resolved. If the conflicts are not resolved, the individual will remain stuck in that stage. For example, if someone is fixated on the, in the oral stage, they may seek oral stimulation through smoking. Freud's psychosexual stages are as follows. The oral stage, which occurs from birth to one year old. The erogenous zone in this stage is the mouth. The next is the anal stage, which is from one to three. The erogenous zone in this is the bowel and bladder control. The phallic stage is next from three to six years old, and in this stage, the erogenous zone is in the genitals. After that is a latent stage from ages six to puberty. There's no erogenous zone in this stage because sexual feelings are inactive. Lastly is the genital stage, which lasts from puberty till death. The erogenous zone is maturing sexual interests, and in this stage, the libido becomes active again. To reach this stage, other stages previous must be completed. Each stage is driven by a sort of sexual desire, and the conflicts in conflict resolution can affect personality and behavior later in life. One example of conflict could include that of learning how to control bodily needs in the anal stage. This stage, which spans from ages 1 to 3 years old, focuses on the erogenous zone of the bowel, and learning how to be potty trained is an excellent example of conflict within this stage. The second child development theory I'll teach you about 
is Erickson's psychosocial developmental theory. Freud's theory influenced many of the theories that followed. Erickson's theory builds off Freud's, and his theory has eight stages. Like Freud's, each stage is marked with, develop- with a developmental conflict, and if they are not resolved, they affect later functioning and growth. One major aspect of Erickson's theory that differentiates it from others is that it spans from childhood onto adulthood. The eight stages are as follows. Trust versus mistrust, which occurs from infancy to 18 months. Erickson believed this was the most important stage in life as it shapes both how you view the world and your personality. The major question in this stage is, can I trust those around me? The next stage is autonomy versus shame and doubt which ranges from ages two to three years old. The major question in this stage is, can I do things myself or am I reliant on the help of others? After is the initiative versus guilt, which is during preschool ages of three to five. In this stage, children often wonder, am I good or bad? The next stage ranges from ages six to 11 and is the industry versus inferiority phase. The major question in this phase is, how can I be good? After is identity versus role confusion, which occurs during the adolescent ages of 12 to 18 years old. During this stage, children question, who am I? The years of young adulthood from 19 to 40 are marked with the intimacy versus isolation stage. And while growing into adulthood, people struggle with the question of, will I be loved or will I be alone? During the middle adulthood years of 40 to 65, the generatively versus stagnation stage occurs. The major question for the stage is, how can I contribute to the world? And the last stage is from ages 65 through death. This is the ego integrity versus despair stage. The final question Erickson believes people struggle with is, did I live a meaningful life? Erickson's theory studies social experience and how it shapes growth rather than innate sexual desires that drive development, like Freud's. Like in Freud's theory, if conflicts are not resolved, they can have implications on personality and behavior. Conflicts are centered on either developing a psychological quality or failing to develop that quality. The next theory that we will discuss is Piaget's cognitive developmental theory. Piaget's basic theory that children think differently than adults revolutionized how psychologists and others thought about child cognitive development. Piaget's theory also utilizes different phases to explain the development of children. These stages aim to figure out how children understand and interact with the world around them. Piaget's theory has four different stages. The first is the sensorimotor phase, which goes from birth through ages 18 to 24 months. In this stage, infants are only aware of what is right in front of them. They focus on what they see, what they're doing, and physical interactions with their immediate environment. Many put their surrounding objects in their mouth and learn about the world through trial and error. Between ages seven and nine months, infants begin to realize that an object exists even though they can no longer see it. This is a concept in psychology known as object permanence. Crawling, standing, walking, or other forms of physical mobility lead to more cognitive development. And near the end of the sensory motor period, children begin early language development. The next stage ranges from toddlerhood of 18 to 24 months through early childhood, around age seven. This stage is called the pre-operational stage. Language development becomes more mature 
and children develop memory and imagination. Children can still not understand concrete logic, manipulate information, or assume the point of view of others around them. In the concrete operational stage, which ranges from ages 7 to 11, children are able to understand logical concrete reasoning. Thinking becomes less focused on themselves, and most children still cannot think abstractly or hypothetically. The last stage ranges from adolescence through adulthood. It is known as the formal operational stage. This is when children develop the ability to think about abstract concepts. They can think about things in systematic ways, come up with theories, and consider possibilities. Piaget's theory highlights the sequence of how children intellectually develop. The last theory we will work through is Albert Bandura's social learning theory. Bandura's theory was shaped by the idea that human learning can be explained by more than just conditioning and reinforcement. The theory suggests that learning can also occur through observation and modeling. Observation plays a key role in learning. One aspect of observation learning is that observation does not need to take form live. It can also occur by listening to verbal instructions or observing real or fictional, fictional characters displaying behaviors in books, films, or other videos. Now that you have a basic understanding of four theories regarding child development, you can begin to think about how the internet changes and shapes these processes. Each theory has a different outlook on development, and in terms of the internet, it can factor into these stages in any way, in any of these theories. I'd like to give a special thanks to the website Very Well Mind. I got a lot of the information regarding each theory here, and I shared it with you but it mainly came from them. My next episode is all about the internet, when it comes into play, and how it begins to affect child development and interacts with these theories that I just discussed. Thanks for listening.